This is Voices of Lancashire, a podcast about migrants who live in Lancashire and made their home here. I am your host, Lara Mumesso. I live in Lancashire and I am an Italian migrant myself. Voices of Lancashire is born out of my personal experience, which I am sure is shared by many other immigrants. How many times have people asked us the question, where are you from? And how many times have the same people made assumptions about who we are and what we do here, precisely because of our nationality? Assumptions that do not necessarily correspond to our life stories. Out of this experience, I decided to create Voices of Lancashire, a space where migrants who live in Lancashire talk about their life stories, why and how they moved to Lancashire, their impressions of this part of the world, their ambitions and their everyday life experiences in a place that has become their permanent or temporary home. For this first series, Voices of Lancashire will consist of 12 episodes published fortnightly, each with an immigrant living in one of Lancashire County districts. If you are an immigrant interested to know more about the experiences of other fellow immigrants, or a local interested to know more about the life experiences of your new neighbors, this podcast is definitely for you. Follow me. Hi, everyone. Today's episode is with Len, a Filipino migrant who arrived in Lancashire about three years ago to follow her husband, who is from over here. Len is from Mindoro, a small village in Mindoro, an island in the Philippines. And throughout this interview, she will tell us how she ended up living here. Thank you so much for being with us with Len today. Thank you. Thank you, Lara. Len, you live in a small town within Chorley. It is called Bookshow Village. And you live here with your husband and your son. As I said, you come from Mindoro, a small village in Mindoro, but you passed most of your life, adult life, in Pasay City, in Metro Manila. Pasay is known for, for those who live in Manila, is known for its nightlife, the shopping malls. I know that there is one of the biggest shopping malls in the world over there. Mm-hmm. Plenty of art galleries, culture, fun, entertainment. So how do you describe Bookshow Village to your friends back in the Philippines? Well, yeah, I can say Bookshow Village is a very nice place to be if you wish to live in a quiet and a beautiful countryside, yet modern uh, housing. Yeah, this is the perfect place to be. And this is very close to everything like metro station, bus station, and it's very handy for motorways, you know. There is also a big, beautiful parks here nearby. It's not only in one area, not only here, but just like, you know, five minutes drive away from here. You can go to different parks. There are like a tree-line avenues, which will be perfect for our children to play. My, lo- my, my son love it so much, especially on autumn. I love it place that that is a very nice place to walk and uh, yeah there are supermarkets restaurant coffee shop soft play area everything is here so this is makes my life living more convenient here so this is I can tell to my friends about bookshop is it very different in Pasay oh my god yeah it's different in Pasay because there are less trees because it's in the heart of the city 
the buildings there are like high buildings. Everywhere is buildings, high, high rise building. But over here, it's houses, villas. And uh, yeah, it's a nice place. <laughs> it's a bit different. I lived in in Manila for a short time, many years ago, I remember something is precise, is very chaotic. The, the, the city center, crowded, cars, noise. So once uh, you move to a town like Bookshore, it must be also very, there's a lot of silence and space. Exactly. Very quiet piece. And you will love it. Yeah. So you left Manila about 19 years ago, so it's quite some time. But before talking about where you went to, I want to know a bit more about where you come from. So what did you do when you were in Manila? How was your life there? What kind of memories do you have? I'm um, a province girl and at the same time a city girl. So I was born and brought up in island province of Oriental Mindoro. And in Calapan, it's a small village. So I live with my parents and my siblings. And I left Mindoro after my graduation in high school. We have a simple life there. Like my parents are just uh, working. Like they have a small business of selling corn, like distributing corn in the market. We have a farm. We supply corn in the market. This is what they do, and I help them sometimes. Tough life, but very simple, yet full of love with my family. Yeah, so I left Mindoro after my high school graduation, and I moved to Manila so to find work and continue my study. Because even though I was in Manila back then, I see the life that it's hard for them to support my studies. So I told them that uh, they don't have to worry about me and I will take care of myself. I will support my study. So what I did is I decided to combine my work and study. I go to school in the morning and work in the afternoon. I work as a part-time in a fast food chain called Jollibee. I'm not sure if you're familiar about that. It's very famous uh, fast food chain in Philippines. So I do that for four years until I graduated my college. Yeah. And then I go to Dubai. That's where I start go to Dubai. And I went there. I, I went abroad because I want to get more money and because the money that I'm getting from my job is not enough for my needs. So and as well, I want to help my parents to support my siblings and their study and to support them. You know, they are getting old. So, yeah, this is my uh, little memory when I was in uh, Mindoro and in Manila. Is it uh, because you talked about working and studying and supporting your studies on your own? I'm not sure you know, here in the UK, actually, the university fees are quite high if compared, for example, to other cities in countries in Europe. And I'm curious about the Philippines. Is it, uh, are there high fees or is in terms of fees is okay? How does it work, university? Well, the university, it's free actually from the government. You just have to pay some uh, books and it's like, it's not so much, but me, I studied in a private school, private schools that accepts working students. So this is what happened. It's called Divine Mercy College, where I graduated my college, because this is the only 
school that accept me back then. I was late when I enrolled my college. I was late for the for the university that I like to enjoy because enroll because I have to, you know, take an exam. So this was my choice back then. So this this school accept me. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? Oh my God! Don't ask me. I have big family. Don't get shocked. I have three brothers and I have eight sisters. So total, we are 12. Wow, it's, it's a big family. I know. It's a big family. I tell you something. Many years ago, a friend, he's from Senegal. He was living in Italy. And he told me that uh, in Italy, he was having his life on his own, working and paying for uh, the school fees of his little brothers and sisters, but also niece and nephews. And he said, I'm doing a lot of sacrifices in order to help them. But every time I go home, I feel the power of the family. I feel the energy of all these people around me, loving me, being with me. Do you have the same feeling with regard to family? Yes, of course. Yes, I have the same feeling. This is uh, like, I think mostly of the Filipinos are very attached to the family for the culture, helping family, siblings. So because I yearly go to my parents to see them, to see my siblings, they are like, especially when I went abroad, and I go every year. So I feel like it's so different. They miss me. They, I miss them. And I I was a breadwinner. So I support them in all the way. So it was, it was like they are very proud of me. And they are very proud on what achievement I had in my life. And still, even though I did a lot of sacrifices with myself, I, I still managed to, you know, make my life even better because what I had before when I was child is I don't want to happen now or make my children feel it. So I work hard to have a better life for my kids in the future. It's hard to become a breadwinner. I can imagine, especially for such a big family. Are you the oldest amongst the siblings? No, no, I'm in the middle. I'm fifth from the eldest. And are your siblings all back home or many have decided also to leave? It's like half-half. Some are in Philippines, some are in Dubai. So some of my siblings are in Dubai. It's like four, five of them is in Dubai and the rest are in Philippines. But some live in the province and some lives in, live in Manila. So it's like scattered. Imagine that when we were kids, we were all like with my parents and now we're all grown up. We're scattered everywhere. <laughs> now it's just my mom and my dad at home. <laughs> no one is there with her now. <laughs> they must feel very lonely. Yeah, but from time to time now, we can just, you know, call them, chat with them, video call. So it feels like close to them as well. That's very, very interesting. So you managed that you studied at the university before you mentioned to me that you studied business management. I would like you to tell a bit more about how and why you decided to study this field. What was your ambition or dream when uh, you decided to go through this pathway? 
So uh, business management was my course. I chose this because uh, since I was child, I was aware about doing business. Like I told you, as I mentioned you before, I was helping my dad and his small business in the market. My dad always say that you should try to have your own business, even if it's small, because, you know, you won't get rich from working for others. You'll only, you'll only make them rich. That stuck in my mind until now. So I always dream to have my own business, which now I think even though it's just a start, we have now our own business even if it's a small. So I always dream to have my own business, which happens now. So I'm very happy with the help of my husband. So it's just we are helping each other to to make this dream come true. Maybe you want to share also with the audience what's your business, what you are doing here. My business, it's called Eden Kitchen Design with Design Kitchen and provide the 3Ds and all the interiors of the kitchen if they want to have to, you know, elevate their kitchen to a modern one. So that's what we do. And for now, I'm look after, I'm looking after the admin and the marketing of our business. And this is more online. It's, it's remote job. It's a remote job. It's good for me, a remote job, because I expecting another child and I can look after my son while I'm, you know, working at home. So, yeah, this is what we do. And yeah, so far, it's good. It's sticking. <laughs> How did you end up creating, developing this, uh, this business, this company? Because my husband is in this field. I was in a different field when I was in Dubai. I was in a fashion company and then, but because his field is obviously in the kitchen and design company. So yeah, this is what we decided to do. He teach me on design and the planning and everything. And I learned, he guide me in everything. So until I learn and now while he was working for other company, I was uh, looking after this business. How is it different to work as a self-employed person and uh, working for others? I have my own time whenever I have free because for me, family is first. I think it's also nice to be the boss of yourself. Everybody wants no boss. You will be, you are the boss. (laughs) So you are the boss of your own business. So no one needs to coach you what to do. You should have your own timings. You should have your own tactics, how you will you know, manage or how you will, you want to, if you want to get more money, you have to work hard for yourself. It's like, it's like that. No, no one will dictate what to do. Yeah. So I would like to go back to what you mentioned already a couple of times, namely the fact that you lived in Dubai before coming here. Indeed, you've been away from the Philippines for almost uh, 20 years, right? So tell us a bit more about your experience in Dubai, eventually, how you decided to move here to Lancashire. Yeah, so before coming here, I lived in Dubai for 15 years. In the beginning, of course, when I moved there, I was very homesick. I always miss my family because it was so different. I feel like Dubai is a different world for me back then. So mixed of nationalities, they are talking in different language. So it was like a bit culture shock of me in my first few months. 
as uh, you know, the people in the UAE, you know, the Muslim people they dress up fully covered. Well, well, in Philippines or in in yeah, in Philippines, you can because it's warm there, so you dress up like comfortable. But there in UAE, men and women are covered, fully covered. They are wearing cold abaya, but they're really fully covered. Sometimes they covered as well their face. So uh, their food are also different and their culture is really totally different. So I felt like everything as well is expensive there. And if I will compare the roads and buildings in uh, Dubai, it's so it's so different. It's bigger and wider. The roads are like seven lanes there, while in Philippines, three maximum four lanes in the motorway there is like seven eight imagine how big it is i know in italy because i've been to italy in italy it's like a small roads as well right yeah one or two <laughs> <laughs> one or two so yeah so yeah that homesick i uh fight for it so to fight for this homesick, I made some friends. I joined the badminton club, which I like actually badminton. And from there, I gained friends. So in Dubai, I worked initially in a shipping company for three years. And then I moved to this fashion company that lasts for more than nine years. <laughs> yeah, so it was a great experience for me and then here you go i met my husband i met john in uh, salsa dancing nights and things changed from there he's now my husband so john is uh living from preston here he was in dubai for seven years and then we got engaged we went to Rome to get engaged because we wanted to have a family. And uh, first is we plan to get married because you can't be together in Dubai. If you are not married, it is illegal to be unmarried in Dubai and get pregnant. So so we did the right thing. We we fly to, to Las Vegas to get a quicker marriage. And then, yeah, our first child is born called Jackson. He is now three. And then now I'm expecting another one, baby number two, which will be due on May. <laughs> so yeah, this is my little story from Dubai to the UK, how I met my husband. <laughs> I actually have three questions for you out of what you just said. The other day, I was uh, just uh, came across this article that was listing the most surprising things you can see in Dubai. There, were a, there was a very long list, but I tell you, for example, air-conditioned bus stop, parked camels, and then gold vending machines. So I wanted to ask you, is there anything you saw that was like crazy or unbelievable? Well, if I will compare, uh, in Philippines, there is no bus stop like that. The, in, because in Dubai, it's very hot. So the bus stop are fully air conditioned. So even though it's hot there, you won't feel the hot. You won't feel the hot. Like the structure of the building are unbelievable. Oh, you know, 
you will laugh at me when first time I came to Dubai, I see like a penguin structure building. I said, oh, this is like, uh, it's like a penguin building. And the other one, it's like a coin building where you can find in Abu Dhabi. And you can see how, you know, the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, how it was created. It was fantastic. It was really unbelievable how they made it. So, one is in the building, their roads, uh, the way, how efficient is the service of all the government as well. Like everything is online as well. Even a small, like like a pack of juice, they will deliver it to your door. So this what makes Dubai amazing in, in all this kind. It must be a very interesting place to go. Mm, very interesting. Exactly. You should try it. Uh, you have to be aware that you should go during the winter. Don't go in the summer. You will curse <laughs> if it is summer. <laughs> it's very hot. Very hot. 45, 48, 50 degrees. You won't like it. Yes. Yeah, it's always better to go during the winter. Uh, it starts from October. October to February. Good. And I have another question, which is you mentioned about homesickness. And I think it's something that uh, all of us migrants go through in different ways. So I wanted to ask you, how does it feel, homesickness? What do you feel? And you mentioned already how you managed to overcome it. But I'm more interested in to understand how it makes you feel. I feel more sick if I saw some family, complete family, that they go out together for a meal or something, or they go to the church. Because in, in Philippines, I always I always go to the church with my mom and my dad. And sometimes, well, not all, not all of my siblings will come, but even though we're a big family, we are very, very intact and we always do one thing. So the bonding as well, When whenever I see or we go for a meal and I feel like, oh, I hope my parents are here so they can enjoy this, my siblings. I hope they are here so they can experience what I'm experiencing right now. So that kind of thing, I will feel homesick. So whenever I feel homesick, I call them and I chat with them because it's easier to communicate nowadays than before. Yeah. It, does it end or does it stay there forever, homesickness? No, no, it ends. It ends. Now I, I'm not so much uh, homesick. I have my family here. Even when I was in Dubai, I have my siblings there. So I feel like I'm still, I'm, I'm okay. Not so much. It's just in the beginning, my first two, three months, because I was, I am a tough girl as well. So I was away from my parents since I was 15 years old. So there is no much difference when I went to Dubai. Yeah, it's just that when I think that this, let we say, I'm eating something, this food I can share it with them or this happiness I can share it with them, which I can do because I am far away from them. So something like that. Thank you so much. So I have a little question. It's a kind of comparison. You went to Dubai as a single woman and also you were quite young when you went there, right? And you arrived in Lancashire as part of a family. 
you are also, I wouldn't say old, but a bit older than when you went to Dubai. So I wonder how is the integration and adaptation process different in these two different life stages? Well, actually, it was easier for me to integrate here because I have my husband, I have my son, and my husband's family is very supportive. They help me a lot. I have also, you know, found uh, some group of Filipino ladies, which they live locally. Uh, So whenever I feel like I want someone to talk to. They're just like one call away. If they, I want them to have a play date with my son, I will just go to their house or they come to my house. So it's easier. It's easier here. Yeah. You mentioned to me that actually this group of Filipino women, you created it. It was a kind of your ideas. Can you tell us the process and how is it important in your life? Yeah. So this is very important because when I came here, I don't know anyone and I wanted to have a friend. So my target is all the mummies that has kids so my son can have a play date with them. And now they are really good friends for me. So you know, when you have some fellow Filipinos nearby to you or you have someone to talk to, the the boredom, the homesick, it makes them go away when you have someone to talk to. So, yeah, this is the purpose. That's why I created the group of Filipino Lancashire. Uh, initially, it was just a mommy. And then I said, okay, maybe whatever, whoever that is inside Lancashire can join in that group, So, which is now getting bigger. And how did you find the first people? I found the first people in the other group. There is another group, bigger group, that is Filipino moms in the UK. That's, that is bigger because it's all over UK. That's where I met her. I, I know her. And then I invite her to join the group that I created. And I told her that if you know someone or a mommy that who wants to join to this group exclusive for Lancashire, invite them. And this is how it starts growing. I see. A, a little question about this is how important is that these people are Filipino? Because you know the culture the character, you will have a culture and character, the same thing. Sometimes it's easy to talk in your mother tongue, <laughs> your language. Filipinos are very friendly, down to earth people. So this is what I love about Filipino people. My my country people, they are very down to earth and, you know, they help each other. They will make make you happy and help you in any ways. That's good. In this way, also the children can speak Tagalog, I guess. Yes, they can. Yeah, exactly. They can as well help to, you know, develop the learning Tagalog. Because I realized more and more how it's not sufficient that one parent speak uh, their mother tongue with the, the children. They need also a broader environment where they absorb or where they are exposed to other kind of conversations as well, right? And vocabulary. So when you and your husband finally decided to move to the UK, what thoughts came to your mind at that point? Did you have any expectations or also concerns about your future life in the UK? 
Yeah, well, actually, in the beginning, when uh, we change our minds uh, several times, but with John's because his parents are getting old and he said that he wanted to be there, to, to be here, especially the rent and the school fees in Dubai is getting expensive as the time goes by. So he said it's better that uh, we go back to the UK. So that's what we decided. Maybe later on we will put, look somewhere else a bit warmer, maybe. But uh, now our priority is our kids to get into the school and maybe get a bigger house later when my little one is come. <laughs> Before moving to the UK, had you been in this part of the world, maybe with your husband to visit your family or did you just arrive here with him? Yeah, we've been coming here for like vacation, for holiday, for just 10 days like that for three years, three or four years. We've been going, we've been doing that before we move in here. So I know already how is the lifestyle and the weather here in the UK before, before we even move in here. I see. So you already had an idea of how it was over here. So as a mother of a three-year-old child and an expecting mother as well, can you tell us what you learned in this time here from British society, culture? I learned to be, become a very, even more, Attached to the uh, to my child, I, I think love is always there for your for your kids. About the what I have learned about the British society is uh, their hospitalization. The NHS it is a big help for everyone. Although you have to wait a lot more here. Example, like for a dentist, you need to book, but it will take longer. For you to get an appointment, that seems to be the same everywhere, I guess. The government is really does look after everybody and it's tough for many people over here. So for my son, in his school, all the teachers are very helpful, although he misses his swimming outdoor because in Dubai, he always, you know, he is... Uh, water baby he loves to go for swimming but here you know you have to you have to go to specific swimming place to have a pool time with your son so another thing is their accent here their Lancashire accent it's sweet no yeah they are sweet <laughs> they are sweet but in initially I don't get them some of the people has a strong accent it's quite hard to understand in the beginning, but then I get used to it. It's a, indeed a very peculiar accent. Have you experienced that before? Like, you know, talking with them and I'm like, oh, what are they saying? Yeah. I'm like asking myself, is it? So I have to ask them again just to understand and maybe I have to ask them to slow it down. I completely share this. And actually, I think it's uh, when people are more used to speak to foreigners, they also know how to pitch the way they talk. And then there are people who are not used to speak to foreigners. And sometimes I cannot even put a title to what the conversation is about. <laughs> so, 
So I still have this problem many years after I arrived here in the in the UK. But I think you're completely right about language. And, you know, some years ago, I felt more ashamed sometimes when I could not understand when people were talking. So I got nervous. But more recently, I simply kind of accept it. Sometimes I ask people to repeat. Sometimes I just let it go and accept the fact that I cannot always understand what they say. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I do the same. So, Len, I think I just come to the end of uh, the interview. I have a couple of last questions. It might be a bit too early because you've been here only for three years to speak about this, but I wonder if you feel like you belong to Lancashire, to the UK, and also whether you felt you belonged to, to Dubai when you were there. I'm actually one year in uh, one year in the UK now, one year and two months. So, well, my husband always told me that I'm half English now. So I love fish and chips and shepherd's pie is award-winning, he says. So when I live in Dubai, for the most part, I was single and had no long-term plan. Now with my family settled, so I feel like I'm a Lancashire girl now. <laughs> I live in England. So yeah, that's good. So actually family helps set down your roots. Exactly. Yes. That's very interesting. The very last question is, do you think or plan to return back to the Philippines eventually? I think not for good, but for holidays, just to see my parents and my sibling and so they can see my kids as well. Good. Thank you so much. So you most probably you will become even more of a Lancashire girl. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Unless I move, yeah. Yes, to a warmer place. This is what you mentioned at the beginning. Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we don't know yet. We'll see first. Good. So, Len, thank you so much. I think that with this, we can end today's interview. I also want to mention one thing, that today is your birthday. I discovered it just before starting the interview. So... Happy birthday to you uh, in this uh, special day. Oh, thank you so much, Lara. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being with us today and for sharing with us your life experience between uh, the Philippines, Dubai, and eventually Lancashire. Thanks to our guests for being with us for this episode too. And see you at the next episode. Stay tuned. Bye-bye to everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Lara. Bye.